Uh, the end of the age, I'm afraid, I feel is right upon us. This is the biggest cult story in the country. This was a voluntary situation. They may or may not have been influenced, but we'll never know that. But at this point, this is considered a mass suicide investigation. Tiendo gave us the tools to brainwash ourselves. Literally wash out our humanness from our brains. The basic idea of Heaven's Gate was that you would chemically and biologically transform your body, becoming a next-level alien, and then you would physically get on board the UFO, which would sail off into heaven. It says Heaven's Gate away team. 39 to beam up. You know, everybody wants to think, oh, those are those crazy people. I would never do that. Do I look brainwashed? Yeah. Mm, not so fast. They were well-educated, often from very good families. Me, a 10-year-old, I didn't believe that. And I would never, ever speak to them again. I am well and safe as of now. That was code. When you coming home, I never. T and Doe were paranoid and constantly on the move. And the FBI said there's really not much we can do about this group. Doe said, we're going to proceed doing the castration. Who's going to go first? Do exactly as I say, and you will not know death. By killing themselves, they ensured their immortality. They signed out. Hasta la vista, baby. People say, who do you think you are? Is this a cult if I ever heard one? Yes, it is. It's a cult. I mean, it's the cult of cults. We'll see you in our next session. Welcome to Scarlet Tavern. Grab a drink, take a seat, and let's begin. On tonight's episode, we explore one of the world's most fascinating and bizarre cults. Because let's face it, there's nothing like a good old-fashioned group of people wearing matching tracksuits and waiting for a ride on a UFO to make you question your life choices. Today, we're diving headfirst into the world of the one and only Heaven's Gate. So buckle up, put on your Nikes, and let's take a deep dive into the wackiest group of comet chasers you've ever heard of. This is Scarlet Tavern. All right. So we are back with a fun one um oh yes so uh aaron's actually going to take the lead on this but um yeah this is heaven's gate uh the this was in the 80s and 90s um uh ended in 97 um so one of the more modern uh, cults that we have talked about um, won't be the most modern that we'll ever talk about, but um, I want to preface everything by saying Heaven's Gate, their website still exists. It's heavensgate.com. You can go to it straight out from the 90s. Looks just like it has, it's never changed. Um, 
And with that, I did send an email to the to whoever's operating the uh, the website currently, um, according to research, it is a husband and wife uh, that are running it. They were part of it. They were told to be left behind to maintain the website and information and things like that. So um, I'm going to read some of the correspondence. They responded with cryptic short answers, but um, but they responded nonetheless, which kind of sent a, sent a little chill down my spine. Um but I sent them an email and said, hello, I'm sure you receive correspondence frequently about others doing a podcast on Heaven's Gate. We are also doing a podcast and would love any information you could provide that isn't talked about or open that isn't talked about openly or that the media has gotten wrong. Anything you could provide would be greatly appreciated. They then told me that they only communicate via email, which I already knew um, people have tried to contact them before and bring those people actually on the podcast and they refuse. Um so I said, can you tell me why the website is still in operation? It has been 20 years since everything happened. Why is the website in operation for this long? Uh, and they said, it is operating to provide information about the next level for anyone who wants it. I then asked why they did not ascend with the others. And they said, we have to take care of the websites, emails, and the information of the group. And then finally, I said, do you believe that Doe and T, who were the leaders who we will talk about, will return one day. And is there any indication of heaven's gate being reestablished? And the last thing that they said was doe will return one day. He has already been here five times and no, there will be no reestablishment of heaven's gate. It ended in 1997. So with that, let's go ahead and get into heaven's gate. I'm a little disappointed that doe didn't even like say hello upon his return, you know, <sighs> I mean, like, what's well, up with that? An email saying, giving us a, an update would have been nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, that's all we're asking for. So, um, all right. For those that, obviously, we're not doing a VOD, um, but Ben was already aware. I broke out the uh, alien mug for coffee. So, here we go. Thank so, you to, thank you to Big Nerd Coffee Company for that. Yes. Thank mm -hmm. you, Big Nerd. Woohoo. Uh, not yet. <laughs> I thought about that when I was making it. So Marshall Herf Applewhite Jr. was born in Spur, Texas on May 17th, 1931 to Marshall Herf Applewhite Sr. and his wife, Louise Nee Winfield. He had three siblings. The son of a Presbyterian minister, Applewhite became very religious as a child. Hmm. A lot of coincidences along the way with all these. Applewhite attended Corpus Christi High School and Austin College. At the latter school, he was active in several student organizations and was moderately religious. He earned a bachelor's degree in philosophy in 1952 and sub subsequently enrolled at Union Presbyterian Seminary to study theology, hoping to become a minister. He married Anne peace around that time they later had two children mark and lane early in his seminary studies applewhite decided to leave the school to pursue a career in music becoming the music director of a presbyterian church in north carolina he was a baritone singer and enjoyed spirituals and the music of handel 
1954, Applewhite was drafted by the, the United States Army and served in Austria and New Mexico as a member of the Army Signal Corps. He left the military in 1956 and enrolled at the University of Colorado, where he earned a master's degree in music and focused on musical theater. He then moved to New York City in an unsuccessful attempt to begin a professional singing career upon finishing his education in Colorado. He then taught at the University of Alabama. Uh, Applewhite lost his position there after pursuing a sexual relationship with a male student. Hmm. His religious education was likely not supportive of same-sex relationships, and he was subsequently frustrated by his sexual desires. He separated from his wife when she learned of the affair in 1965, and they divorced three years later. When Applewhite revealed to his parents that he was homosexual, his father rejected him. In 1965, after leaving UA, Applewhite moved to Houston to serve as a chair of the music department at the University of St. Thomas. His students regarded him as an engaging speaker and a stylish dresser. He also became a locally popular singer, serving as the choral director of an Episcopal church and performing with the Houston Grand Opera. In Houston, Applewhite was briefly openly gay, but also pursued a relationship with a young woman who left him under pressure from her family. He was greatly upset by this outcome. He resigned from the University of St. Thomas in 1970, citing depression and other emotional problems. Robert Balch and David Taylor, sociologists who studied Applewhite's group, speculate that this departure was prompted by another affair between Applewhite and a student. The president of the university later recalled that Applewhite was often mentally jumbled and disorganized near the end of his employment. In 1971, Applewhite briefly moved to New Mexico where he operated a delicatessen, excuse me. He was popular with customers, but decided to return to Texas later that year. Applewhite's father died around that time. The loss took a significant emotional toll on him, causing severe depression. His debts mounted, forcing him to borrow money from friends. Bonnie Nettles was born on August 29, 1927, and raised in Houston, Texas, into a Baptist family. As an adult, she moved away from the religion. After becoming a registered nurse, she married businessman Joseph Segal Nettles in December 1949, with whom she had four children. Their marriage remained mostly stable until 1972, at which time, according to the New York Times, she began attempting to contact deceased spirits by conducting regular seances and came to believe that a 19th century monk named Brother Francis frequently spoke with her and gave her instructions. So she also we're we're Go gonna ahead. well we're gonna see uh, brother Francis actually comes up is gonna come up quite a bit. Um, brother brother Francis is kind of the the driving point of the creation of Heaven's Gate. Um, mm. It is kind of who. Uh, Doe and he, which Marshall and um, 
and Bonnie change their name to Doe and T, mm-hmm. respectively. Um, they they frequently discuss and talk about this monk and that this monk is the one that has told them all of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, it could happen. It could happen. You know, just a spirit monk talking about aliens. Yeah. You know, not not saying it's aliens, but it's aliens. Spirit monk aliens. Those are the best kind. Yes, they are. (laughs) So... She also visited multiple fortune tellers who told her that she was soon to meet a mysterious man who was tall with light hair and a fair complexion. Descriptions which were fairly close to Marshall Applewhite's appearance. Or half of the men in Texas in in that time. Right. And that's kind of what I was thinking as, as I'm looking at this. I'm like, well, mercy. That's like... 50%. Probably, probably in all likelihood, she probably the fortune teller had a customer before her nettles instead said, "You will meet a man who is tall, dark, and mysterious." And then she had to switch it up. You will meet a man who is light-haired and fair complexion, <laughs> and mysterious, yeah. and mysterious. Yes, yes, because that mysterious just lures everybody in, you know. Oh mercy! Nettles also studied astrology theosophy and the occult caleb what is theosophy i was just about to ask that myself okay so um so sorry um theosophy is uh it's a number of philosophies maintaining that a knowledge of god may be achieved through spiritual ecstasy direct intuition or special individual relations um, this Ben was created by Madame Blavatsky. I've heard of her. She is like nineteenth um, century mystic from Russia. She came from a very prominent uh, Russian nobility family. She gained a lot, a lot of notoriety, kind of like going because she was an, uh, an aristocratic family. So she moved a lot around a lot in like the upper echelons of european society and did like the seance and all the uh, all the stuff which was like the mysticism was all the rage in like the late 19th century correct got even more, po- got even more popular after world war one with uh, so many people dead that uh people tried to contact their loved ones yeah so sure. she, she uh madame blavatsky uh helena blavatsky uh she was born in the ukraine in 1831 um she created the Theosophical Society, which then we see, um, oh, uh, I can't think of his name. Um, who's the Satanist? Uh, LeVay. LeVay? No, no. Crowley? Crowley. Uh, Crowley. Mm-hmm. We, we see Crowley start doing, uh, Theosophy quoting mm-hmm. Blavatsky which we are going to do a Crowley episode um because it is very interesting uh and we'll talk like about penny he, that yeah. man's like a bad penny he just keeps popping up everywhere yeah we'll talk about Blavatsky more in the Crowley op- episode um but cuz I'm going to get his book and read through his book to do that one 
Um, but, uh, yeah, so you have Blavatsky created, uh, theosophy. Then of course, uh, Alistair Crowley kind of made it even more popular cause it kind of died off. She dies in 1891 in the UK and it kind of dies off a little bit. And then Alistair Crowley brings theosophy back and starts writing his books and things like that. Um, and then now, now we see, we still see theosophy quite a bit, especially in cults. Um, right. but with this cult in particular, so you, obviously we know theology is the study of religion. Mm-hmm. And the, so with theosophy, it is reaching God, like that same theological God that Christians believe but doing it in a different way. So for heaven's gate ascending on a UFO to a higher power, all of that and going to heaven. Okay. 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 All right. So we have her studying astrology, theosophy jumps on the bandwagon with Crowley and studying the occult. Um, according to Applewhite's writings, the two met in a hospital where she worked while he was visiting a sick friend there. It had been rumored that it was a psychiatric hospital, but another account had Nettles substituting for a nurse working with premature babies in the nursery. Which, which is, according to what I have researched, it was not a psych facility. It was a neonatal care. Um, she, she was a general nurse, so she was able to move, uh, and bounce around. Um, so she didn't have a specialty. Uh, so I, as far as I can tell, it was, uh, neonatal care that they were, that she was there. So you could only assume that his friend was a female that may have had a baby, whatever, but it also was a hospital where he could have visited from another floor. Okay. All right. Let's see. Uh, Applewhite later recalled that he felt that he had known Nettles for a long time and concluded that they had met in a past life. She told him their meeting had been foretold by her to her by her extraterrestrials, persuading him that he had a divine assignment. Applewhite and Nettles pondered the life of St. Fran- Francis of Assisi. 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 And, and read works by Helena Blavatsky, R.D. Lang, and Richard Bach. They kept a King James Bible and studied passages from the New Testament, focusing on Christology, uh, asceticism, and eschatology. So, Applewhite. Sorry. Um, That's all right. So, and for those that don't know, the New Testament um, is, was set for obviously the Jews and the Gentiles. It was not set for modern day Christians. Um, 
and uh, eschatology is the part of theology that is concerned with death, judgment, and the final destiny of the soul and humankind. So it's kind of funny that they focus on the New Testament, but they also focus on eschatology, which in the New Testament, there is nothing about eschatology in there. That is where we see revelations. Um, so, so Admittedly, revelations is at the back end. Of, yeah. It's uh, new Testament. It's yeah. In the ba- it, it's in the back. Yeah. So they're, they're seeing, they're seeing, uh, they're at the, that very back end. So in, in my, my views, they are flipping that new King James over and starting from the back reading the back of the Bible first. I can tell you when I going through religious class, religion class throughout my years, uh, we were actively encouraged not to read revelations. Uh, two main reasons. One, it'll depress you, um, which it will. It's the end of the world. No, no sugar coating it. And two, um, it, they said it was a good chunk of revelations was not written for modern times that's 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 a priest telling me that but hmm. uh he never was quite clear on which parts but he just well, like separating it i was like okay uh, that that was actually pretty standard even with um hardline um christianity quote unquote so Yeah. Anyone else? All you right. people, Sabi. All right. Apple White. Uh, let's see. Apple White also read science fiction, including works by Robert A. Heinlein and Arthur C. Clarke. By June 19th, Apple White and Nettles' beliefs had been solidified. They concluded that they had been chosen to fulfill biblical prophecies and that they had been given higher-level minds than other people. They wrote a pamphlet that described Jesus' reincarnation as a Texan, a veiled reference to Applewhite. All I can see, Jesus coming back, he's got a white shirt on with a bolo, a white hat. Y'all, I've come for you. It's time to ascend. Get in my chariot of fire. 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 Let's go. I have gotten off my throne just to come get you. (laughs) Is he he wearing the Stetson or is he not wearing the Stetson? Oh, he's wearing a Stetson. He's actually wearing... If if you remember Fairly Odd Parents, he's wearing the the 10-gallon hat that Doug Dimmodome wore. Yeah, Doug Dimmodome, yeah, yeah. the owner of the Dimsdale yeah. Dimmodome, he had that like huge fucking hat. That that's yep. that's what Jesus is wearing, and he's he's okay. got his boots on with his spurs. Okay, okay, all right, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, I just I think that's hilarious. Uh, furthermore, they concluded that they were the two witnesses described in the Book of Revelation and occasionally visited churches or other spiritual groups to speak of their identities, often referring them, referring to themselves as the two or so, the UFO two. Um, 
I would like to tell everybody for those that don't know. Um, so in Revelation, there are two two witnesses that are supposed to be human beings who will be given extraordinary powers for three and a half years just before Christ's return. Um, you can read this Revelations eleven three, and um, but from all accounts of theologians, um, and this is even going back all the way to Roman times, the two witnesses are supposed to be uh, Enoch and Elijah coming back. For those that know their Bible. Um, Enoch and Elijah were to pro- just for just a cl- quick clarification for those who don't, e- Enoch and Elijah are two uh, prophets. Prophets yeah, that did not die. Prophets. Yeah, they yeah. were they were prophets that did not die. They were uh, they had ascended. So, Correct. and it's kind of funny that they call themselves the two witnesses, hence calling. So they in turn are calling themselves a reincarnation of Enoch and Elijah so that they can ascend once again. Um, and of course you hear, I, I just made the joke of the chariot of fire. Well, I believe it was Elijah that, that went up to heaven in a chariot of fire. Um, they are the only two prophets in biblical history that did, that never died. They were taken their whole bodies too. It wasn't just their spirit. Their entire bodies were taken to heaven. Um, right. So Doe and T are calling, basically calling themselves Enoch and Elijah at this point. That's a bold statement. See if it pays off cotton. <laughs> <laughs> Dodgeball. Dodgeball. <laughs> oh, they believed they would be killed and then resurrected and, in view of others, transported onto a spaceship. This event, which they referred to as the demonstration, was to prove their claims. To their dismay, these ideas were poorly received by other religious groups. I cannot oh. understand why. Total mystery. Total, total. The two would gain their first follower, Sharon Morgan, in May 1974, abandoning her children to join them. A month later, Sharon left the two Sounds and returned like to her family. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? Belvis abandoning mm. kids. No, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, go watch our D&D stream. You can find it on so YouTube. Now- so now we need to have Belvis form a cult. Yes. Interestingly enough, yeah. the yeah. cult of personality. Interestingly <laughs> enough, if Curtis had kept Sobek kept Sobek around, and there I would have had Belvis become the paladin of Sobek. Well, it, it's funny. So for obviously, people know we play D anD. d Belvis, uh, Ben's character, is a Locatha, which is a fish humanoid creature. Um, and I made the joke last night that Belvis is... Uh, we, we He got the nickname Fish Daddy. Um, and he is fully embracing Fish Daddy and is sharing himself to all of the kingdoms. 
with his new account on OnlyFans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Only for aquatic folk. Yes. Love it. Only fans. So down with it. Come see real oh, gills man. here. Uh, real live gills. That's like that. What was that one that was for farmers or something? Farmersonly.com. Remember that one? Yeah, Is that farmers what it was? Farmersonly. Yeah. Fishonly.com. Yeah. Fishonly.com. Exactly. Oh, man. Uh, so. Nettles and Apple White were arrested and charged with credit card fraud for using Morgan's cards, despite the fact that she had consented to their use. The charges were later dropped. However, a routine check brought up that Apple White had stolen a rental car from St. Louis nine months earlier, which he still possessed. Apple White then spent six months in jail, primarily in Missouri, and was released in early 1975 subsequently rejoining nettles something about missouri man hell yeah eventually apple white and nettles resolved to contact extraterrestrials and they sought like-minded followers they published advertisements for meetings where they recruited disciples whom they called the crew at the events they purported to represent beings from another planet the next level who sought participants for an experiment. They stated that those who agreed to take part in the experiment would be brought to a higher evolutionary level. So, like pre-ascension, right? So, so... Getting some Scientology vibes here. Well, so oh, what yeah. this is... Yeah. I, I, essentially, so what this is, is the, the next level is what they call their ascension. Um, that they they are basically... Their belief is so, and we'll see, we'll get into their beliefs a lot more, but they believe that there is a spaceship that was sitting on Halley's Comet that as it would pass the Earth, that spaceship would pick them up, and as they rose into space, literally in the middle of the air, their bodies would transform into gray aliens. And then they would go into the spaceship and then they would ascend to the next level. Um, so they're, they never, they obviously their name is heaven's gate, all of that, but they, they called heaven the next level. Um, but, and Ben's right. We do, we do see, and we're going to get into Scientology soon. Um, we'll see if they, if they kill us first. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So, we're, we'll get into Scientology soon, but you we do see this with Scientology with the levels. You you get levels. You um, now in Scientology, you basically pay to get levels. But and I will say, even Tom Cruise isn't the highest level in Scientology. Um, he he still has like four levels to go or something like that. Um, but wow, yeah. Um, so. One of this, one of the things that we we hear this frequently, um, and it's oh these people are fucking crazy. I would never join a cult. However, what Jonestown Scientology, mm-hmm. Nexium, 
um, Heaven's Gate, all of them, what they are good at is taking people at their lowest that have yep. nothing else. They have nothing else to live for. They are lost. They need help. They are depressed, suicidal, whatever it is. They cater to those thoughts and they give them an out and give them a better life than they thought that they would have. Um, we could all sit here and say we would never join a cult, but think if everybody in here thinks about the lowest point in your life, if somebody had approached you and said, Hey, I know you're at a low point. This is what I can do for you. I just need you to come with me. I need you to trust me. I am here for you. Would you have said yes? It's manipulation at its finest. I think all of us probably would. I, I'll tell you right now at my lowest, Scientology would have come yeah. to me and said, hey, we can do this, this. I probably would have fucking gone. Yeah. I've heard other I've heard other podcasters that do true crime podcasts that have admitted that if they were at their lowest, they probably would have said yes to this. Now, of course, now we're not at that point. We make fun of them, and that's great. I'm I'm all for making fun of cults. But we also have to remember that some of these people were innocent. Right. They're right. Doe and T, of course, are not innocent at all. They are scum of the earth. Um, yeah. But the people that are caught in the crossfire, because we'll see later on, there are children that were involved with right. Heaven's Gate. Um, actually, in the in the clip that we played at the beginning, uh, the girl is an adult now. She did not take part of the mass suicide but she was like 10 or 13 when her parents brought her into heaven's gate Mm -hmm. so something to keep in mind yeah and i think that's uh, like for me personally that's like the biggest pet peeve or offense that i have is that bringing the children in yeah if you want to do it great have at it knock yourself out whatever the case is but to to bring the child in and make the child blindly follow, you know? Well, and it's the same thing with Scientology is, um, believe it or not, Lisa Marie Presley, uh, Elvis's daughter, was born into Scientology. Yeah, that's um, right. Which Elvis, I'm sure, rolled over in his grave because he hated Scientology. Um, he even, there's a statement and I will try and find the statement when we do Scientology, but there's a statement where he says, I want absolutely nothing to do with those people. They are psycho or something like that. Um, and after his death, his, uh, his widowed wife was at her lowest point. She went to Scientology. She had just lost Elvis. Yeah. She was at her lowest point, went to Scientology. Lisa Marie was born into Scientology. She did leave. Um, but yeah, it uh the there are there are plenty of kids that are born into these cults and we unfortunately, like in the case of Jonestown, they don't survive. Luckily with this, yeah. oh I uh, 
from all accounts, there were, n- from what I can tell, there were no kids that were involved in the suicide. It was only adults. Um, but yeah, it was, and I believe if I am not mistaken, this suicide was bigger than Jonestown Massacre. Uh, well, I think they, I don't think, I think the, are you talking, I think in terms of, I don't, I don't think it was. Um. Uh. It was not. I apologize. So, Jonestown was nine hundred, and Heaven's Gate was only thirty nine. But technically. It was the largest mass suicide in the U.S. Correct. Because Jonestown did not happen in the U.S. It happened in Guyana. So. Right. Right. Okay. Continue. All right. So in April 1975, during a meeting with a metaphysical group of 80 people led by Clarence Klug in Joan Culpepper's Studio City, Los Angeles home, they shared their simultaneous revelation that they had been told they were the two witnesses in the Bible story of the end time. According to Benjamin Zeller, while accounts of the, of the meeting differ, all describe it as momentous and agree that Applewhite and Nettles presented themselves as charismatic leaders with an important spiritual message. Around 25 individuals were induced to join the group. So just like that, boom, we see the charismatic side, just like every good cult leader. You have to be charismatic. Yep. Um, yep. And in one meeting, 25 people. Yeah. Um, now I will yeah. say their, their numbers get fairly large. Um, so, which is kind of crazy that only 39 people died. Um, yeah. But their numbers do get fairly large not jonestown large but and i and caleb i think it goes back to what you said earlier about people being at their lowest you get somebody that is in that state of mind where they're already looking for an out and they they're wondering is there anything else out there for me and you get somebody that comes along that is charismatic and debonair whatever word you want to use and very eloquent with what they say that's a big draw well i, I mean if you're going to kill yourself anyway you might as well do it for a god yeah and right if we if we look at the modern side of obviously you have scientology still but um and without getting into a religious tangent um you look at these mega churches um one yeah. that we are going to talk about that is still going on that is a Christian organization, but it is in all accounts, a cult is Joshua media ministries. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's one we'll talk about, but 
I mean, even stuff like people like Joel Osteen, yeah. um, Benny Hinn. Benny Hinn back in the day. Um, exactly. All of those people, they, I mean, it, for lack of a better term, they created a cult in these mega churches. There, there are, you have these mega churches that these people will not go to any other church, but their mega church. They don't want to see anybody else. They only want to see Benny Hinn. They only want to see Joel Osteen. Uh, they, and we're getting to the point where I'm sorry for my family that does end up listening to this. We're getting to the point of, uh, Stephen Furtick, um, with Elevation Church. Um, that's the most modern that, that is up and coming as a mega church. Um, and the thing with these more modern mega churches is they begin catering to the younger crowds, knowing I that mean, these younger crowds are their future. Sure. Sure. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a church. Uh, oh, no. Uh, Bear- uh, Mike Ramchandra, uh, he started a yoga studio in Los Angeles, worldwide franchise cult, sex cult. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. I mean, it. it's everywhere, and it's just catering to the people that have nowhere else to go. Well, and, and Caleb, look at Macho, you know? Yeah. That is Kashi, which we will be covering. Um, she is now dead, but... One of my old, one of my old high school teachers is now in charge, and we we had touched before about the like the cereal and stuff like that that they um, own, yeah. but their uh, forte was actually uh, martial arts products yeah. called macho. So you which For those that don't know, yeah. So if if anybody has done any type of martial arts, you've hit speed bags, stuff like that, you will see bags that are listed macho. They'll say macho across the top. That is owned by a cult, just so everybody knows. Um, so they have cereal, they have martial arts equipment, they do yoga, they do all of that stuff. And at night, uh, growing up, my church was right next to the cult. You would hear chanting, you would hear animal sacrifices, you would hear all of that stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was crazy. And plenty of uh, investigations with the sheriff's office that I cannot disclose. Yeah. For obvious reasons. So, because I kind of like what I have, you know? So, uh, let's see. So, we have 25 individuals that join. Later in September 1975, Applewhite and Nettles preached at a motel hall in Waldport, Oregon. After selling all quote-unquote worldly possessions and saying farewell to loved ones, around 20 people vanished from the public eye and joined the group. Later that year, on CBS Evening News, Walter Cronkite reported on the disappearances in one of the first national reports on the developing religious group. And his statement was, I quote, a score of persons have disappeared. It's a mystery whether they've been taken on a so-called trip to eternity or simply been taken. Close I, should, quote. I should have worked on my Walter Cronkite impression. You should have. That would have been perfect. 
How about it, Ben? No, can't do it. <laughs> it is a mystery. A score of persons have disappeared. It's a mystery whether they've been taken on a so-called trip to eternity or simply been taken. And the question question should be asked, why didn't they take me? Somehow I I molded, I morphed into Nixon, my bad. Yeah, 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 not good. If only they would have. Right? No, because Nixon would have tried to take over. <laughs> he probably would have taken over. Which, I mean, would it wouldn't be a have, good thing? Or wouldn't bad? have been a bad thing, but right, right. Uh, in in reality, Applewhite and Nettles had arranged for the group to go underground. From that point, Doe and T, as the two now called themselves, led nearly one hundred members across the country sleeping in tents and sleeping bags and begging in the streets. Evading detection by the authorities and media enabled the group to focus on Doe and T's doctrine of helping members of the crew achieve a quote-unquote higher evolutionary level above human, which they claim to have already reached. So with with their their thoughts, I'm just, I, next time I see a homeless person begging, I'm going to be like, listen, According to Doe and T, you're at a higher level than I am, so I need your help. Yeah. I mean, according <laughs> according to what they believe, being yeah, homeless yeah. and sleeping in tents is on a higher level than somebody living in a mansion. Right? Yeah. Uh, Applewhite and Nettles used a variety of aliases over the years, <laughs> notably Bo and Peep and Doe and T. Yeah. The group also had several names prior to the adoption of the name Heaven's Gate. At the time uh, Valet studied the group, it was known as Human Individual Metamorphosis. Him. Him. And I picture, um, was that um, Smokey and the Bandit episode with Dom DeLuise? I don't know. That's before my time. Yeah, Yeah, no idea. Um, uh, he, he's hey, like, I'm, someone else is showing their age for once. Well, those that know know, so you'll have to go look for it. I just so, so if you actually look at it, this of course is another play on words. It's human individual metamorphosis. Him, him, God, blah 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 blah. Yeah, they right. they were very right. big on playing of words. Yep, very much so. Which goes back to the whole. Um, being char- exactly being yeah, charismatic exactly and, what you say to get people convinced yep yep and yeah. changing it up just enough that nobody can really get a uh, solid understanding of what direction mm-hmm. they're going you know um the group reinvented and renamed itself several times and had a variety of recruitment methods Applewhite believed he was directly related to Jesus, meaning he was an evolutionary kingdom level above human. His writings, which combined aspects of millennialism, Gnosticism, and science fiction, suggest he believed himself to be Jesus' successor and the present representative of Christ on earth. Would you like me to explain those two? 
Yes. Sure. So, millennialism, um, it's a belief advanced by some religious denominations that a golden age or paradise will occur on Earth prior to the final judgment and future eternal state of the world to come. Um, basically... Most of them believe those happen around 2000, which was the new millennial. Correct. Uh, it's expressed in the book of Revelation um, right. that Christ will establish the thousand-year reign of the saints on Earth. Um, and then uh, Gnosticism is a collection of religious ideas uh, and systems mostly from the first century AD among Jewish and early Christian sects. Um, they emphasize personal spiritual knowledge above the proto-Orthodox teachings, traditions, and authority of religious institutions. Um, they basically created a lesser divinity, uh, the Demiurge, uh, and Christ they said that Christ was an emissary of the remote Supreme divine being, um, esoteric knowledge of whom enabled the redemption of the human spirit. So, um, another best example of Gnosticism is, um, for any history buffs out there, um, spe specific medieval history buffs, uh, the Cathars of Southern France and the Landulac region of France, uh, the Cathars, um, were a group, were a sect of Christianity in southern France that actually was able to, in some, in a lot of areas in France, specifically the south, were actually able to drive out the church um, in terms of their authority in some communities. Um, they were very extreme. They did not believe in meat, eggs. Essentially, they were vegans. They were ve they, If you read a lot of their beliefs, they they read like religious vegans. Um, they were also big, like with Gnosticism, also the dualism, the 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 good god and the the evil god. Yeah, uh, Cathars were also very anti. Yes, because Cathar and Gnosticism has a distinct Eastern influence. Uh, um, so you you hear that, Elliot? That uh, uh, vegans are cult cultists. Uh, Cathars are also uh, fairly anti-Semitic as well because they f they view the god the, the evil I'm using quotation marks is the god of the Old Testament, which is where the Torah mostly takes its inspiration from. So, lots of persecution of the Jews on top of just from regular Christians in you know medieval Europe. They were getting it from the the vegan Christian cultists. Interesting. Um, all right. So Doe and T taught early on Doe's bodily quote-unquote vehicle was inhabited by the same alien spirit which belonged to Jesus. Likewise, T, who is Nettles, was presented as God the Father. The crew uh, what, used what, numerous methods of recruitment. What, what's ahead. the song? Um if God was a woman. Oh, yes. Is, well, there you is go. that, is that what it, if God was a woman, is that what it was? No, what if God was one of us? No, there, there is, uh, Ariana no. Grande yeah. wrote, Ariana Grande, Ariana Grande wrote a song. God is a woman. Yes. Oh, 
Yes. Um, I, I, I am not familiar with that song. Yeah, she released it a few years ago, but but it was a play on, like, uh, What If God Was One Of Us. So the crew used numerous methods of recruitment as they toured the United States in destitution, proclaiming the gospel of higher level metamorphosis, the deceit of humans by false god spirits, uh, envelopment with sunlight for meditative healing, and the divinity of the UFO too. So envelopment of sunlight for meditative healing. So they were solar powered. Yeah. Basically. Well, yeah. <laughs> they yeah, were solar powered. <laughs> Hold on, guys. We have to yeah. stay here in Florida so we can get some solar you gotta power. Recharge. Yep, yeah. Gotta recharge. Jesus Christ. Oh, so sorry. Do, sorry, I didn't I didn't I didn't mean to use uh Doe's name in vain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that brings up an interesting question. Does, does, is this where the, the start of the um, exposing your taint to the sun come from? Probably, because there were a lot of like the photosynthesis people yeah. started coming around. Yeah? Yeah. yeah? Oh, come on, Ben. You know you want to do it. Uh, I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> Pump your smile. Uh, doesn't get me sun for a reason. <laughs> Pump your smite, Belvis. Yes. Pump it, Belvis. Come on. I'm sorry, but that entire episode when when everybody was talking about being tainted and your wife just set, kept saying the taint. Was I was hilarious. trying so hard not to laugh through a serious I know, moment. I'm trying, I, I'm trying to role play and I keep seeing him giggling. I'm like, God damn. Oh, she's like, she's oh. like, Ugh, I. I can't. I could have died because I was touched by the taint. I'm like, oh my god! Caleb and I are dying. Oh my god, that's funny. Oh goodness. Um, to, to, to. in April 1976, the group stopped recruiting and became reclu- reclusive and instituted a rigid set of behavioral guidelines, including banning sexual activity and the use of drugs. I'm out. I'm out. Well, I will say that the banning of sexual activity was for everyone but Doe and T. Oh, of course. Of course, course. because why wouldn't God and Jesus have And of course, I believe they were also still using drugs. And that that kind of... This level of crazy, reminiscent of uh, Jim Jones, wasn't it? Yeah, it's always the same at the end. Cult yeah. leaders are yeah. always all the same. Yep. Um, Apple White and Nettles also solidified their temporal and religious authority over the group. Benjamin Zeller described the movement as having transformed from a loosely organized social group to a centralized religious movement comparable to a roving monastery. And there we see the monk once again. Yep. Some sociologists agree that the popular movement of alternative religious experience and individualism found in collective spiritual experiences during that period helped contribute to the growth of the new religious movement. Was it Shalaism? As it became known? Shalaism. 
Shailism, yeah. as it became known, was a way for people to merge their diverse religious backgrounds and coalesce around a shared, generalized faith, which followers of new religious sects like Applewhite's crew found to be an appetizing alternative to traditional dogmas in Judaism, Catholicism, and Evangelical Christianity. So, and that exactly is what Shailism is. Shailism is... It's a shorthand term, but it is a system of religious belief which co-ops different things. So if, like for Shalism, I could say, I believe Jesus Christ was the Savior, but he was the son of Zeus. Um, and then the end of the world is not Revelations, it's Ragnarok. So all pulling from all those different things, even if it's two religions, it's Shailism. Right. So kind of basically whatever suits my fancy. Correct. And of course theirs was Judaism, Catholicism, and evangelical Christianity. Right. Let's, let's create a potpourri of beliefs to try and that their, their goal and everybody's goal of course, we we see shalism a lot in the in cults. Their goal is to pull from as many different religions as they can, mm-hmm. because now they are going to take that, and I can now hit the person that grew up Catholic. I can mm-hmm. hit the person mm-hmm. that grew up Christian. I can hit the person that grew up Muslim, and play to that little bit. And then once I draw them in. All of those little sections and those little strands of your religious beliefs now cater to my biggest, bigger religious belief that you are now drawn into and a part of. Exactly. Many of Apple, White, and Nettle's crew hailed from these diverse backgrounds. Most of them are described by researchers as having been longtime truth seekers or spiritual hippies who had long since believed in attempting to find themselves through spiritual means. Combined faiths in a sort of cultural mellow well into the mid-1980s. However, not all of Applewhite's crew were hippies recruited from alternative religious backgrounds. One such recruit early on was John Craig, who was a respected Republican and ranch owner who came close to winning a 1970 Colorado House of Representatives race. He joined the group in 1975. As numbers grew in its pre-internet days, Pre-internet days. Pre-internet days. The clan of UFO followers seemed to have in common a need for communal belonging to an alternative path to higher existence outside the constraints of institutionalized faith. Identifying themselves by the business name, quote-unquote, higher sourced, they used their website to proselytize and recruit followers beginning in the early 90s. 
rumors began spreading among the group in the following years that the upcoming comet Haley-Bopp housed the secret to their ultimate salvation and ascent into the kingdom of heaven. Well, Elliot, I believe you were too young to remember the Haley-Bopp comet. Yeah, I was born in 97. Yeah. Wait. So I remember it. I remember. I, w I was young, but I remember it because it was all over the news. I was born in September. So, so you were you were actually born right after this mass suicide. Wow. Because they, they died in 97. I'm the reincarnation. Everybody plays me now. Yeah, you're the reincarnation of T. Yeah, totally. T. T. The Knights of T. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's awesome um, let's see do, do, do. Heaven's Gate received coverage in Jacques Vallée's book Messengers of Deception 1979 in which Vallée described an unusual public meeting organized by the group Vallée expressed concerns about contacting groups authoritarian political and religious outlooks and Heaven's Gate did not escape criticism. Known to the media, though largely ignored, Heaven's Gate was better known in UFO circles and through a series of academic studies by socialist Robert Balch. In January 1994, the LA Weekly ran an article on the group, then known as the Total Overcomers. Richard Ford, who would later play a key role in the 1997 group Suicide, discovered Heaven's Gate through this article and eventually joined them, renaming himself Rio D'Angelo. <coughs> coast to Coast AM host Art Bell discussed the theory of the companion object in the shadow of Halebop on several programs as early as November 1996. Speculation had been raised as to whether Bell's programs contributed to Heaven's Gate's group suicide, which Knowledge Fight host Dan Friesen blames more on Courtney Brown rather than Bell. Do you guys remember oh. Art Bell? I mm -hmm. love Personally, listening. I don't. Oh, so I love, I love Elliot, watching ADM Coast to Coast. Elliot, you need to go watch. Uh, you can hear a lot of the old recordings. I believe Art Bell has them on his website. Um, you can watch all the coast to coast. He also did, he would always, every year he would do a Halloween episode called ghost to ghost, which people would Ooh. call in their scary stuff. People seeing demons and devil dogs and, but art bell is fucking amazing. There is, we'll, we'll, we may do a couple art bell episodes cause some of the stuff is really good, but yeah, there, there is should. one where a guy calls in art bell was famous for his call in segments. Um, so a guy would call they in, true. they are fucking hilarious. This guy called in flying a plane over what he claimed to be area 51. And while he's on the phone with him, Art Bell goes, uh, this is fucking stupid. You should probably stop doing this. And the guy goes, I see lights. I see that looks like a turret or something like that. And and then the line disconnects. That was the, that was the missile, the yeah. missile turret. And the, li it, the line <laughs> disconnects and Art Bell goes, well, 
I told him it was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Art Art Bell was, is yeah. there, there fucking amazing. One I, I remember I was one I, I listened to his Bigfoot his Bigfoot specials. I love his big I believe okay, full disclosure, I believe in Bigfoot. Um but his but the 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 Bigfoot one I remember this one where some dude he was he was from the deep woods of Alabama. He's like, Yeah, me and my buddies, we were out hunting and uh well we, we shot Bigfoot. We killed Bigfoot. I'm like and Art's like Really? What happened? It's like, well, I mean, we were just we, we found him. And he just, we were hunting, and we saw something. We thought it was we were hunting first, and we shot him. And then, I'm like, did you? What did you do? Well, we buried him. I'm like, why? You just discovered Bigfoot. This yeah. You think he's like, well, you don't understand. He looks so human. We were, we 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 weren't sure that they, the cops were just going to arrest us, so we just buried him. He's like. Okay, and I'm just thinking, it's like this idiot just confessed to murder. Yeah, it, he yes. just confessed to murder. Very hairy person. So like, yeah. Art, Art Bell. People that have hair all over them. Yeah, Art Art Bell was. I so you can actually go to NPR. The you can go to their website and find his entire archives. He unfortunately died in 2018, um, which was a sad loss. He, dude, the dude was a trip. He never served in the military, but I believe his dad was a Marine because he was born on Camp Lejeune. Um, fun fact that Art Bell was born on Camp Lejeune. I can tell you Art Bell and AM, and AM Coast to Coast has, has a huge military foundation. Oh, it does. It does. And me included. My whole, I think half of my flight in South Carolina, I worked a graveyard shift. There's nothing. After a while, your your play, your Spotify playlist is just gets old. You want to yeah. listen to something, so, so uh, I used to listen to. We we will definitely do some that. Art Bell episodes. Um, Elliot, I highly suggest going to NPR their website. You can find the archives. You can just Google Art Bell. Uh, NPR. NPR National no. Public Radio. Um, and they you can find his archives in there. They find they released them after he died. Um, and they are fucking hilarious. He's great. Um, he's got the, just that classic voice, but, um, yeah, Art Bell did cover Heaven's Gate. Um, and then to kind of backtrack, we see, uh, Jacques Vallée, uh, his name pop up in this a lot. Oh, I found it. Um, Jacques Vallée is, he does a lot of stuff, but he started out as a computer scientist. He is an astrophysicist, um, but he is of course a ufologist and astronomer um, from mm-hmm. France, but lives here now. Uh, man's fucking ancient. Uh, he's like 80 something. Um, yes. But Jacques Vallée is very well known in the UFO world. Yes. And then we have Louis Thoreau contacted Heaven's Gate for his BBC Two documentary documentary series, Louis Thoreau's Weird Weekends, in early March of 1997. In response to his email, Thoreau was told that Heaven's Gate could not take part in the documentary because, quote, at the present time, a project like this would be an interference with what we must focus on, close quote. 
In October 1996, the group rented a large home, which they called the Monastery. It was a 9,200 square feet, which is 150 square meters, mansion located near 18341 Colina Norte, later changed to Paseo Victoria in Rancho Santa Fe, California. They paid 7000 per month in cash. That's crazy. Where yeah. are they getting this money And this from? this was in Especially the 90s. in 96. So in imagine what it 7, is now. 7000 would be nuts. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And then the same month, the group purchased, uh, I'm, I'm so getting this, oh, Alien yeah. Abduction Insurance. Where do I sign up? <laughs> this insurance would it would cover up to 50 members and pay out 1 million per person and the policy covered abduction impregnation <clears throat> or death by aliens prior to this in june 1995 they had purchased land near manzano new mexico and be began creating a compound out of rubber tires and concrete but they left abruptly in April 1996. Um, I, will say, I will say you, you, can, you can buy uh, alien abduction insurance for $19.95. Um, <laughs> it does cover psych psychiatric care. There is sarcasm <laughs> coverage and double identity coverage. Um, and Perfect. then if you want to prove to your friends that you're covered... You can pay an extra $5 for a paper certificate. Um, okay. It does. This policy okay. offers $10 million in coverage, but at a payout of $1 per year for 10 million years. Perfect. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. Now, you would think if impregnation by aliens was truly possible, we would have seen it by now. Uh, it depends on what the aliens. Maybe there's plenty. Of, there's plenty of ufologists yeah. who, who I, I call it conveniently. They say that hey, a lot of the aliens look like us. It's like, like um, yeah, well, I maybe they look like us because of the impregnation. May or I mean, maybe they just are able to change what they look like. I mean, yeah. the the men in yeah. black don't look like normal aliens. Um, yeah. I'm trying to see, I'm looking up the house. <gasps> so as of, so the house, 18, 18395 Colina Fuerte Rancho, Santa Fe, California, seven bedroom, nine bathrooms, uh, 9,100 square feet. Uh, the last estimate was it last sold for 4.7 million. Um, wow. the last estimate on it was 6.3 million. Um, and so like your, uh, like if it's, this only talks about a refi payment, but your refi payment would be $29,467 a month. That's crazy. $30,000 a month for this place. That's now, I will say, this month. place is fucking gorgeous. Uh, when we, oh, when we yeah. get when we get done recording, I'll show you guys what this place looks like. It is fucking gorgeous. Like, outdoor pool. 
there's an outdoor kitchen and all of that. Like it is amazing, but yeah, so they, um, and they, they got this money from their followers, their, their followers gave them everything that they owned. Um, it just seems really odd because even with all these people giving all a cent, even if they gave all their money, I mean, well, there's still no steady income. Who else does that? Oh, you mean Joel Osteen, um, and those people, uh, and, and even Scientology, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. So obviously we've got part two next week uh where we will get into uh the taping of the final exits um and the mass suicide and then just some final thoughts from others and things like that um and yeah so please 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 join us next week for that Um, I would like to thank everybody for visiting the Scarlet Tavern. Please remember to turn in your glasses, push in your seat, and always tip the bard. Good night, everybody. Good night.